how'd you get so many followers on Instagram? What did you do? And we say, well, I can't even explain it because it's so independent, completely unrelated to how many people visited your website per month. They are, they are apples and oranges. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while, and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. On this episode, I speak with Becca, who is a blogger, content creator, as well as a travel and lifestyle writer. Her background in foreign languages, living abroad, and travel helped her to create the lifestyle brand Half Half Travel with her partner, Dan. Since returning from a 10-month around-the-world remote work trip, including four months with remote year, she's been working remotely from the Caribbean, Southeast Asia, and locations across the United States. So listen on to find out how Becca inspires others to be more adventurous and confident through remote work. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be talking to Becca today. Hey Becca, how are you? Good, how you doing? I am wonderful. Can you tell us about you, Becca, and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. So I live in New York City with my husband, Dan, who is also my business partner, social media partner, um, and life partner. Um, And I live an offbeat life because I never really saw myself as someone who could grow a media brand and kind of develop a personality that came from both like a digital presence and also what I do in real life, which they're two very different things. I've also lived an offbeat life because I lived abroad twice in my early 20s and then took time off of work in my later 20s, actually when I turned 30, to go live abroad again as a digital nomad and learn how to work remotely. So those are a few of the things that keep me interesting, in my opinion. And these (laughs) days I live in New York. We live in Brooklyn, where I'm currently looking at the skyline from my window. Yeah, my husband and I both work from home, although I do, we both work full time and we run our um, our digital business completely on the side along with a few other projects. And that's how we stay busy. And I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, there's a lot there that we're going to be uncovering today. But the one thing that, okay, so Becca and I were talking before this interview and we're talking about her travels, her going to the Philippines and all of that. But the one thing we didn't talk about was where you are right now. And I didn't know this, Becca, but we're actually in the same place. I'm also in New York. (laughs) I thought you were in California. It just goes to show you never know. That is so (laughs) hilarious. 
because we're like, yeah, we're talking about all of these other destinations. Meanwhile, <laughs> we're like in the same place right now, which is hilarious. <laughs> that is hysterical. Do you want to meet up later? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. We should have done, yeah, we yeah. could have done this interview in person. That's so oh my gosh. funny. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> that's, that's that just goes to show you how it's such a small world, you know, right. like. A lot of times, like, I'll talk to somebody and they're, like, in Asia, South America, Europe, and then Becca and I are actually, like, just one borough away. You're in Brooklyn. I'm in Queens. So. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I can't believe it. We'll have to. We'll talk more offline. We'll yeah. go find each other. <laughs> that is hilarious. But I love all of these journeys that you've had, Becca. And the one thing that we also, um, and you mentioned to me before this, was that you actually grew on social media before you even started your blog because right now you run this incredible blog can you take us through that journey like how did that even happen which is so funny (laughs) absolutely we have a very offbeat story is the truth so my husband dan and i met um we're coming up on six years of when we met we met december 2015 And on one of our first dates, I started talking about how I love to travel. And I've really loved to travel ever since I took my first trip to another continent, uh, which was to Israel when I was 18 years old. From there, I studied abroad in Hong Kong when I was 20. And then after college, I moved to Shanghai, China, where I lived for two years from when I was 22 to 24. So on one of our one of my first dates with my husband, I said, you know, I love to travel. Everyone should travel. I can't wait to travel. And he said, well, (laughs) I'm thinking of doing this thing where I work remotely and travel for a year. And I said, well, that sounds incredible. Like, unfortunately, I can't work remotely, blah, 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 blah. And he said, well, I'm, I'm applying to this program called Remote Year, which I think a lot of our listeners might have heard of. And I saw you had Matt Bowles and Eric Richard on the podcast. And we know them from Remote Year, which is this big fluid community of people who are active and inactive, but they've done the programs at one point or another. And so my husband, Dan, did Remote Year for a year, for 12 months, where he went to um, Europe, Africa, and Latin America. And during that time, we dated long distance, which is how we started our brand as a couple and started our our like brand online. During some of the months we were away from each other, we said, or I said, wouldn't it be nice to start a project where we could do something where we didn't just like, you know, miss each other on repeat and kind of sound like a broken record. So we started this (laughs) Instagram account where we would take half of what he was doing and half of what I was doing and combine them together. And so this got kind of popular pretty fast. And before we knew it, we were in Oprah Magazine and Cosmopolitan and Travel and Leisure and Condé Nast being featured like in lots of publications. And there were stories about us being published like, they don't know when they'll see each other next. And I was like, that's (laughs) so funny to read about myself because I do know when I'm going to see him next. And I already (laughs) have the flight booked. And so we grew this Instagram account kind of with some effort and kind of organically just because we were posting regularly and we were posting like really original content. People were playing along with our story. And at one point we had like 37,000 followers, but because of the algorithm, we've like lost, you know, robots over the years. Long story on social media. But for a while, the Instagram was kind of like carrying us as the brand. And and it wasn't until March 2017 or 18, we said, we should really kind of have a, a blog to back this up. And we looked at each other and we said, well, Dan's a web designer. And 
I, I'm a writer. And we said, well, why don't we already have a website? <laughs> so, but the thing is, you have two people with skills that kind of complement each other and are the two skills you need to build a website, but we just had to do it. So we had to learn how to write for, you know, the internet. Cause I like writing. I've always been like a writer and I like putting words on paper and on a page, but there is a specific style that you need for things to get caught into Google and for people to find it and you have to learn SEO. So it's taken us, I guess, four years to get to where we are. And we now have like, you know, tens of thousands of visitors per month. We have a million lifetime views. Um, it's really all we work on. We don't even really put much effort into Instagram anymore. We kind of let it just like chill there. And like, it's how we chat with people. If we post something on stories, if we take a trip, um, but the website has become the most important, like part of our online business. And it's where we kind of run all our collaborations with brands and trips and hotels. And, and that's been definitely one of the coolest, you know, most offbeat things um, that a lot of our friends don't even know. So I think that's like <laughs> the most surprising thing about us is like, people are like, how are you? We're like, oh, we've been working a lot on our website. And they say, you have a website? And we're like, oh, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's our offbeat kind of little secret. I definitely can relate to that, right? Because a, a lot of people, only probably my close friends know exactly what I do. And it's kind of like awkward sometimes to explain what you do. It, it's so interesting that you say that too, because you're like, yeah, only a few people know about this. Meanwhile, like in the industry, people know about you and you've been like featured in all of these different places. <laughs> right. I think also, the, I mean, for people who, and we have a lot of friends who just completely don't work in digital media. I, yeah. Like my full-time job was never even in digital media. It's been something I've completely learned, you know, after after hours, weekends, nights, early mornings, a lot of people consider what they see online in terms of a follower count to be how popular you are. Yeah. And once you become <laughs> like a professional level blogger, you totally get the gist of what someone's follower count on Instagram, not reflecting at all what their media account may be. For example, we even have had bloggers with bigger blog reach than us ask us, and I'm sure maybe you get the same thing. You know, how'd you get so many followers on Instagram? What did you do? And we say, well, like, I can't even explain it because it's so independent, completely unrelated to how many people visit your website per month. They are, they are apples and oranges. They don't even, you can't even, you know, compare them. So, and you can also have people who are super popular on Instagram. So it seems, or TikTok, and they might have a website that doesn't really have work put into it. So the two things are, you know, just from here to there. And I think that's yeah. one of the most interesting things to explain. It's it's very independent, right? But the thing that I love about having a website, having a podcast, having that type of platform is we own it, right? So, mm -hmm. and I think you, you know this and most content creators know this as well, is that it can be really lucrative on both ends. But at the end of the day, if Instagram or Facebook or TikTok decides that they don't want to have that platform anymore and you didn't take that audience to your own personal platform, you're kind of screwed. Because do you remember Vine, Becca? Do you remember yeah. that? Oh my gosh. so short-lived. Yeah. And I had a friend that was on Vine that actually became like really Vine famous and then wow. Vine left and they had over a million followers on Vine and it didn't follow through in the other platforms but they created a business from it wow. um, and they were able to do that but it's so crazy because it's not just kind of like oh you know that's never gonna happen we've seen it happen before so that's why Having your own platform is so important and having to grow that is so crucial to all of this because 
you know, like you mentioned, you don't even use it anymore, but you know, you have your blog and everything. So. Right. And, and it's kind of like people want to see it as an asset. They want to believe you exist. Mm-hmm. And Instagram and social media is, you know, for what it's worth, always going to be the place where you can see like what, what a creator is up to, even a celebrity, you can, anybody, you can see what they're up to by what they post on stories, but you didn't see the hours they spent and the late nights they, you know, spent on their couch writing things for the website and making sure it (laughs) runs and making sure it's not down and, you know, optimizing it and like all the incredible work that Dan puts into our website, just on the back end, things I don't even see. Yeah. I think that's what's so amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so funny because I feel like most of the time, if you're not on social media or or if you're not constantly on there, people just don't think you exist. But meanwhile, you're busy, like you said, you're busy at work and you're doing all of this stuff on on your website and everything else that you're doing, but which is fine. You know, that's that's how it goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that was the really abridged story. I think that's the most compact I've ever made that story. I, I love <laughs> it, though. That's uh-huh. awesome. So how did you end up actually leaving your your day job to do this full time? How did that all happen for you? That's another good story. So it was around spring 2018. I had been at my corporate job a pretty long time. I felt kind of plateaued. I wasn't inspired anymore. There were a bunch of changes happening at the company. My office was in Midtown Manhattan. We were living in Brooklyn Heights. You know, I didn't have anything to complain about like commute wise or just like, you know, the office being hard to get to, like nothing like that. I just had seen the light kind of, and I had seen that Dan did remote year for a year and worked from Morocco and Serbia and and London and um, Bogota and Medellin and that he did his job and he even started kind of a few new businesses while he was on the road. And, And I had this like just in the back of my mind that if your job takes place at a computer, you don't need to be in a physical office to just keep doing what you're doing. And so I kind of had this light, you know, I saw some light at the end of a a dark tunnel when I was (laughs) visiting Dan while he was on remote year. I said to my job, hey, I would really like to go visit my boyfriend for two weeks in Argentina. And I'm going to take a few days of vacation, but a few days I'm going to try to work remotely. And I did. And, you know, there were no problems. There was internet. There was no issues there. And then around spring, Dan was also at kind of a job that he could, you know, finagle with and negotiate going remote. And I put a notice with my job saying, you know, if Dan and I travel the world and I have no job, like we'll figure it out. We'll work on the website, see what becomes of it, try our best. Much to my kind of surprise and with some effort, I was rehired by my company after quitting as a part-time remote worker. And so with that, Dan kind of negotiated the same thing with the company he was working for. And when I put in notice, the the company said, can we keep you longer? And I said, (laughs) nope, because I'm going to Amsterdam in 14 days. Goodbye. And so um, we like sold everything. We subletted our apartment, packed our bags and kind of just went to Europe, like with no plan, knowing that we had a lot of friends to see and that we wanted to go to some offbeat places, which we did. And that was a lot of fun. And, and while we were on the road, Um, We started making connections with some companies, just like getting introductions. And we did a few collaborations with tour companies and hotels and did did a lot of photo taking. And then there's a plot twist whereby when we were in the Canary Islands in August, 
we got an offer from Remote Year to go on Remote Year for four months and to take photos and, and help them out with social media. And some that is incredible. Kind of be content creators. So we went on a short Remote Year program together with a with a group from September to December 2018, where we went to Peru, Colombia for two months and Mexico City. And then in spring 2019, we just continued on our own. We went to Vietnam for four weeks, and then we went to Taiwan for three weeks before we flew home to New York for a wedding. So that was the trip. That was how I wound up becoming a digital nomad. (laughs) It's kind of a whirlwind, right? There's Mm -hmm. just so much that happens. Once you put your foot on the gas, that was it. It was just a wild ride after that, which is pretty awesome. Now, you talked about going to Amsterdam, going to Europe, and then collaborating with all of these different types of companies. How did you do that, especially for someone listening to this who wants to do something similar to what you guys are doing? That can seem really intimidating, Becca. Like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I don't know how to even talk to any of these companies. Right. I think a lot has changed since spring and summer 2018 because it's been three years. Media has become a lot more saturated with people mm-hmm. who call themselves influencers. It's yeah. Everything has just become saturated and crowded and everyone seems to kind of be offering the same thing. I think we got really lucky that three years ago, the idea of doing what we were doing was still a bit fresh whereby, you know, since the pandemic, people like working remotely is just becoming like, you know, second nature. You don't really have an eye when someone says I'll be remote for a week or a month or, or a year. But as we were doing that, you know, then we were just building this brand as like, oh, you know, we're this couple from New York, we're traveling, we take photos, we have a blog, we have an Instagram, and we were kind of like the total package at that time. The, the collaboration started November 2017, we had a new hotel from Lisbon reach out to us and say, Mm. hey, we really love your content. Um, You're welcome to come stay with us at any time. And I showed Dan the email and I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Like we're being invited to a hotel in Portugal? And it was completely true. And so because we decided to like quit everything and start this like remote digital traveling lifestyle in June, I think it was June, We went to Lisbon on this Euro trip, which was the start of like our 10 months of traveling. And we stayed with the hotel and took photos for them. And they interviewed us and took photos of us. And we wrote a review on our website, which that's when we realized that like photos are nice. It's a plus if a hotel is looking for actual photos, but what they want is something that's going to be evergreen and live on, especially if you have a website with a lot of traction something that people can find, learn about their hotel, and hopefully book it. And as you work more in marketing and media, you learn that conversions are everything. Nobody wants anything if the chances of converting someone into a paid customer is going to be low. That's not worth a return on investment. So after this experience in Portugal, we said, well, maybe we have something to offer. And so when we went to Estonia and Amsterdam, we offered photos and and a review on our blog as a means of being able to stay there at no cost. In Amsterdam, the hotel that we partnered with had us as press, which means they didn't have us for free. They gave us a discount and like free brunch both days. But we had to do a lot of work for them and sign a contract, which kind of makes you go like, chop, chop, don't screw up because the contract (laughs) says if you don't deliver what you say you will, we're going to charge you full price. Yeah. So you have to be ready for things like that also, that hotels, tour companies, experiential businesses, you know, they have a lot on the table, their margins might be low, just like thinking business wise, people might have you sign stuff. 
uh, meaning you can't run away if you take something for free and it's never for free. I think the bottom line <laughs> is nothing in life is for free. Everything, even your time spent on Facebook, you're giving time away for free in exchange for seeing ads. Yeah. Nothing is free. So I think that's like the disclaimer to go into offering services that you might say like come second nature to you. Maybe it's taking photos or writing or offering some type of marketing consultation, but everything is going to be in return for something else. Yeah. So. And I think that's what a lot of people who are not in the industry that see all of the beautiful images that you take and wherever you go and you say you got it, you know, you got into that hotel for free. It's just all free, you know, like you didn't really do much work and then they don't see the behind the scenes. And I think a lot of influencers have been and even content creators have gotten really bad reps from this. Right. Because, you know, don't get me wrong. There's a few bad apples out there. But for the most part, the content creators that you see that do really good work do a lot of work, right? And I've seen it firsthand. And I'm like, I don't know how they do it. Like, I'd rather stay at home and write my content. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how they do this because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and then traveling around, that's that's even more work, right? Because mm-hmm. right. And there's a huge difference between just a regular leisurely travel than actually traveling and working at the same time. It's not the same anymore. You don't enjoy it as you do when you're just there for a vacation. <laughs> right. And I have to be honest, when we travel nowadays, it's hardly ever for relaxing because we just optimize on being somewhere else to take photos. And I think the only trip in the past like three years that we didn't really take photos to publish anything about was our trip to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Over the summer, we didn't really take photos of anything. We went for a wedding, we went to see friends, and we went to work remotely. But every other trip we've done, we take photos, we have a list, we plan our blog content, we say we're going to put this on Instagram, we're going to, you know, write this type of photo gallery for our website. And everything becomes, I don't want to say a chore, but everything becomes work. So we're trying to enjoy ourselves, but we're just like, (laughs) we need to capitalize on finding a place to see the sunset. And oh my God, it's rainy today. How should we make the best of it? Because we want to have, you know, content and um, always be publishing. (laughs) It's true. Your mentality becomes totally different and you kind of have to go outside of that when you are traveling for leisure or at least even if you're there for work, like a few hours just to like not have any cameras, just you and, you know, your partner just enjoying yourselves because otherwise, yeah, you don't, sometimes you don't even really get to see the place because you're so focused on creating images. It's so crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Although no regrets, no regrets. We've seen some great things and had some really awesome experiences. Exactly. We're not complaining. It's not a complaint. It's (laughs) just giving a different perspective on how Mm -hmm. it actually is. So now, Becca, obviously, like you mentioned, there has been a lot of changes since 2018. Now we're in 2021. And obviously, because of the pandemic, it has hit the travel industry really badly the last few years. Did you ever pivot your business? How did that make you change things around? We pivoted fast. And I will say we were traveling more or less right up to when coronavirus became like a real concerning thing. We were in the Dominican Republic January to February 2020. So 2020. And we came home when um, just when things were getting a little touchy. I actually went to a media conference where people had stopped shaking hands around March 7th, March 4th. I was invited to um, a Japanese tourism 
event in Manhattan around March 10th. And I said, oh, I probably shouldn't go. Like, you know, there's this COVID thing. And of course, that's all for the better. But basically, Dan and I were quarantined in our very small New York City apartment. Oh and what my could gosh. we do? We could work from home and start working on the blog. And nobody wanted to travel. Nobody could travel. So we started writing work from home content, which is now, I would say, next to travel, the biggest content section on our website. Mm -hmm. So we started writing everything from how to set up your desk working from home, standing desks working from home, how to limit distractions working from home, how to have the best meetings working from home. And we, if you go to our website, which is halfhalftravel.com, you'll see how much time in 2020 we put into working from home. Just because for a while you couldn't really see that it was going to end anytime soon. And still, to be honest, it hasn't. The only change is that people are now going to work remotely and they're going near and far to do that. But we have a lot of remote work content, remote work and travel. And so kind of we've started pivoting our business into more of lifestyle. Like if people want to live in, you know, do some of the things we've done between working from home, working from remotely and traveling, they can find all of that on our website. And our most recent pivot is to writing a home section, which is mm-hmm. not about working at home. It's just about living at home because that's something <laughs> we've done and a lot of people have done in the past 18 months to two years. We've been spending time at home. So now when you go to our website, you can see more about just like living at home and you know things, <laughs> how to live between now and your next trip. So that's been our major, major pivot. I love that. So how has that been for you? Because I know there are some people that just couldn't stand it, especially living here in New York City. You don't have a lot of space. So you either love each other more or you end up killing each other. How how has that been for you? That's a great question. Obviously, we didn't kill each other because we got married. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did you get married during the pandemic or was it before? Yeah, we... um, we got engaged in May 2020 and we had a civil wedding in September 2020 and we had our Jewish wedding September 2021. Oh, wow. So we've had two weddings. So um, wait, so that's just pretty recent. So, yeah. oh, that's congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> to you too. I saw your beautiful wedding photos in the desert. I know. Yeah, we we were supposed to get married uh, April 2020. Oh. And then it didn't happen, but we were still going to elope because that was my husband's dream wedding, by the way. I didn't have a dream wedding. That was his dream wedding. (laughs) I didn't have a dream wedding either. And is that like a travel person thing? I'm just like, I don't care. I just want to take a big trip. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't care about marrying him, but like. You know, if we got married on the street or in like a big venue somewhere, I don't care. I just want to take a good trip after. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, for me, I was just like, I, for my, my, actually, we ended up combining both of our dream weddings. He wanted to, to get married in the desert. Like he really loves the desert. We've done a lot of hikes in the desert. I was like, well, I just want to rent out a really nice house and invite our closest family and friends. I don't want anything big and I want it outside. And I was like, that's it. So, that's what we ended up having. And it was actually really perfect. So (laughs) it is perfect. I don't know. Everything happens for a reason. The pandemic is horrible, but you know, we would have had a massive wedding otherwise, and it it becomes stressful and you plan it for a year. And we've had two just mini weddings and it's been pretty chill. So no regrets there. Um, In terms of the pandemic in New York and being in a really small apartment with no dishwasher and no laundry, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say we really made the best of it, especially while it was too scary to, you know, rent a car, take the subway, take a bus, take a plane. 
we both got real, Dan was already into running, but I got into running because it was the best way to just get out, work out, get fresh air and like see something new. We both ran, I ran 200 miles in 2020 and he ran more. So, um, (laughs) we ran to Manhattan. We ran around Brooklyn. We started hiking in Prospect Park. We took a lot of photos, you know, saw friends at a distance and looking back, like in, you know, my personal photos, I'm like, we did so many beautiful things in 2020, just being at home, you know, seeing different neighborhoods, really getting to know our neighborhood because we'd been too busy working and commuting and just like being out and traveling before to get to know the streets and the names of the streets five blocks away and finding the most beautiful houses with the most beautiful ivy and and seeing it change in autumn and taking photos in the park. And 2020 became kind of like a blessing for that way. So we we kind of branded it as traveling within New York. Yeah. And it's very memorable. It's it's kind of nice to do that, right? Because like you mentioned, you're able to appreciate what's in your backyard. And I think for us who have a lot of like we have itchy feet, you don't get to do that. And I don't know. Honestly, for me, in a way, I've become a homebody. I like being at home now. Me so I'm too. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, right. I kind of like this now. I kind of just having my space, like mm-hmm. just relaxing, not being stressed out because sometimes it gets really stressful mm-hmm. in that sense. But it's it's nice. I do like it. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah, there's no place like home. There isn't. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so nice when when you're actually appreciating everything that you have. And that's I think that's the one of the main things that I've really learned from this whole thing, right? From the pandemic is just being grateful for for what you have. Cause we've lost a lot. You know, everybody has lost a lot. And I think if we don't become grateful, it just becomes, I don't know, stifling and it's it becomes tragic, right? So it's kind of crazy, but hopefully. Yeah, it'll all get better. <laughs> yeah, good thoughts, good, good positivity. I love it. So now what are your plans? Like how is this, how does the next year or even five look for you, Becca? Because it seems like you've pivoted, you've created all of these new changes, but traveling has, you know, started to come to life now, sure. slowly but steadily. Mm-hmm. Traveling's definitely on the table for us. We're going to uh, Chicago next week. So that'll be maybe only our second or third flight since, you know, pre-pandemic. Pretty exciting still. And then we're going to Philadelphia. Dan's running a marathon. And then after that, I mean, like the sky's the limit. The world's, I don't want to say becoming safer, but with booster shots and with more of the world becoming vaccinated and just being, I felt more confident being armed with more information about this virus as time goes on. And I have said, if you, you know, calculate your risk and you don't do anything that makes you uncomfortable or is like objectively risky behavior, you know, you can travel safely and see the world safely and keep other people safe too. So as the world opens up, I'm looking very positively at, you know, getting out there again, as they say, (laughs) Um, when the time is right, not jumping to any conclusions. And we do have like a bucket list of places we really want to go to. But unfortunately, it's for places that are not quite at, you know, the level of safety that like Mexico or, you know, Costa Rica are right now. Our bucket list place is Ukraine. And we really, really want to go to Ukraine. And I've been on a, a bunch of podcasts now and they say, um, they say to both me and Dan, they say, okay, on the count of three, say the place you want to go the most. And we, we say one, two, three, we both say Ukraine. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, that's just our style. You know, we like to go to offbeat places. We've never even been to like Paris or Rome. We'd rather go to Myanmar and Sri Lanka and we'd, mm-hmm. we'd rather see the things that are more rarely seen. So that's, yeah. that's a bit of the future. Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm the same way, but I'm more into like little islands. <laughs> I'm like, I like small islands and small places because it's easier to get around because usually um, I like exploring by myself too outside when my husband can't. But yeah, I love that. That's such a great thing to do. And I think too, like a lot of places, I mean, a lot of people have seen, you know, what Paris is like, Rome is like, but you know. Most people have never really seen Ukraine, so I love it. (laughs) So, Becca, let's look into maybe 30 to maybe 40 years from now, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave, and what do you want to be remembered for? Wow, that's a great question that I've never been asked before. (laughs) What do I want to be remembered for? Um, Let's see. I think being positive. I think a lot of staying positive and also Dan helping me stay positive has been a big part of what's happened for us in the past few years. And also, I'd like to be remembered for, you know, I don't want to say starting something from nothing, but everything starts from nothing. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past few years is that, like, if you have a dream, there's no better time than now to start it. And everybody says this, but it's just true. You have to put your foot down and say, like, today is day number one and try to grow that dream. And for us, I think that's been building, you know, this this digital content business that also really has our personalities. And every year we look back, we say, oh, how we did that a year ago. So 30 years from now, I can't imagine looking back at what we did 30 years prior. And I think that's, for me alone, that's going to be the coolest. But for, for anyone else, you know, joining along, hopefully the same. Yeah. And I can't even imagine what this whole thing is going to be like in 30 to 50 years, right? Because right now we're essentially like in the beginning parts of it. And then like, well, yeah, I can't even. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the internet is only so new. Like it's still 20 years new or whatever. Yeah. The internet we know. Right. And already in that 20 years, there's been so many changes. So it's I'm pretty sure it's going to be beyond us because I'll be old and <laughs> be like, I don't know what's happening anymore. So right. <laughs> I mean, already TikTok to me is like, I don't know what's happening. So <laughs> I, it makes me feel like a dinosaur. I agree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Becca, for joining us here today. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Sure. Um, and thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. Anyone can find me and Dan at Half Half Travel, that's H-A-L-F-H-A-L-F Travel (laughs) on Instagram (laughs) and our website, halfhalftravel.com, where you can always reach out, send us an email through there. We're also on Pinterest as Half Half Travel, Facebook as Half Half Travel and Twitter as Half Half Travel. So can't go wrong with any of these five (laughs) platforms. Um, And we look forward to hearing from anyone who's been listening today. Love it. And also, I love your branding where it's like half, half travel everywhere. That's all you need to know. You can find them in any of those platforms. Well, thank you again, Becca. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you too. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Becca. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how there is no one path to growing a blog audience. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? 
I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.